Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manam Podcast. My name is Becca Schoenborn, joined by my wonderful co-host, Dustin Dubuque. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We start the episode every time asking how we uh, each other are because we haven't seen each other in weeks. Yeah. So I didn't know. I guess I didn't notice that we did that. It's become our little shtick, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we really, our lives are so busy now. <laughs> I know. Lives are busy, but also not doing anything at the same time. It's been yeah. really weird for me right now. Like, I feel like I'm busy and exhausted. Um, Just having kids to shuttle around kids, places kids, adds like a whole extra kids layer. Kids to shuttle around. Uh, like, was it Sunday night? Um, I was in bed at 820. That's amazing. It was kind of awesome. I love it. But that. also sad. Because <laughs> the kids were exhausting. And like, I remember when it was like four o'clock, I'd already done so much stuff with them. And... I was just, I, I remember looking at the clock and going, oh my God, it's only four. I'm like, they have hours before they have to go to sleep. What are we doing? What are, like, what am I going to do? Am, what am I and then finally they're in bed at seven and I'm like, all right, sit down, watch a little TV. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, my turn. We, we all have to go to bed. And I got up and the stove literally said 819. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, this is so bad, but I don't care right now. I'm going right no, to sleep. it's the middle of winter. Yeah, exactly. So it was I, all right. I would love to. I That's like what time I always say. I'm going to go to bed and then I stay up on the couch for another hour and a half after that. But Same. That's I usually aspire what I to go to bed at 8 p.m. Even when honestly. I laid down, I went into the room and I went, I'm like, you know, I'll watch a little TV. I'll probably be okay for another hour and a half. I woke, up, I, yeah, I woke up in the morning and I went, oh my gosh, I must have <laughs> fell asleep immediately. I'm like, because I don't remember it. watching anything. So yeah, so, so that was my recharge. What about you? What else is up? Um... I don't know. Nothing really. I no, don't think. it's a weird time, you know. Yeah, that it's February, like the late January to mid March. Yeah. I mean, usually it's because it's terribly cold, so nothing actually mm-hmm. happens here. But now it's that it's warm, every- I'm getting a new tattoo this Ooh, weekend. I just got so a tattoo. A I think weeks that's ago. What, that's what I'm filling my winter with. Yeah. <laughs> What's the new tattoo? Can you say? Um, sure. I'm getting a coffee plant. Okay. Which I've been trying to figure out how to get. Like, I wanted a coffee-related tattoo for a while, but mm-hmm. I didn't just want like a coffee cup or something. So right. I'm getting like a pretty botanical style, like botanical print style. Up on your upper arm as you're arm, showing. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was going to say, I just did my upper right arm Ooh. a couple weeks ago. It yeah. was it was the nicest, easiest tattoo I've ever had. Yeah. It's it was not awesome. Too bad. Arms are the best. There's a reason why people put tattoos all over their yeah. arms. They oh. do not hurt near yeah. as bad as every other part of your and body. And of all the ones that I have, my the one that hurt the worst was my one on my finger. Like Everybody, everybody says that the fingers hurt so bad. It was worse than any of my other ones combined. Just really? Because it's like you're just right on a bone. So yeah. you can't even like. There's no I have three on my calf and they hurt. Yeah. Especially the middle, right smack dab in the middle of my calf. I mean, it was three, four hours and I clinched the whole time. It hurt so bad. I was like, God, your calf's so thick. And like, (laughs) and I remember that morning, my sister called me and he was with my brother in law. And I remember she called me. She was like, What are you doing today? And I went, I'm getting a tattoo. He has a big one on his calf. And she goes, well, where's he got it? I'm like, on his calf. And I heard him go, (laughs) and he laughed in the like car phone. And I was just like, uh-oh. Oh, he goes, no. it's going to hurt so mm. bad, man. And I'm like, really? I was Sensitive. going into this thinking it's not going to be that bad. And it was horrendous. I bet. So, yeah. Well, that'll be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. That's just going to launch me into... I've been I've been holding Once off. Once you get into tattoo mode, you can't stop. Exactly. I've had three in like a year, year yeah. and a half, and I can't it's stop. It's been over it. a year since I got my last one, and I thought that would send me into the send me into it, but I have like I think I have better. three more set in my brain that mm-hmm. I want. Same. After that, then I'll take... I think I'm going to take my break after like a year or two. Yeah, got to take a breather. Yeah. For your bank account. For, your, for your bank account mostly, and I'm going to run out of space because I'm kind of strategic say, with yours mine are, yeah yours are bigger too yeah um 
The other thing I've been doing, which will be a perfect segue into our guest, is reading a lot. Me too. I, I have also really, started to read more lately. I don't lately. know, the job change, ha- like having lunch by myself, I read a lot at lunch yeah. now. And um, also in the evenings, I've been choosing reading over watching TV once in a while. Which same. is, like, even just doing that, like, once every few weeks is a change for me. So no, honestly, same here. I know nice. I'd, I'd, like, I'd bought, one of my favorite authors is Brady Stanellis, who did American Psycho. Mm-hmm. His book, The Shards, came out a year or two ago, and... It's like a 600-page book, and I remember I read, like, the first 50 pages, like, over the summer, maybe even before that, and uh, finally I'm just like, you know, I should really read this thing, and mm-hmm. I powered through that bad boy. Was it like, good? Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's extremely good, mm-hmm. but I powered through that in, like, 10 days, That's awesome. and I'm like, oh, this is nice. I forget yeah. what it's like to really, like, dive in. Yeah. I got a new library exhausted. card, and I was like, wow. okay, I've made it to that See, point. See, I've never let my like, library card uh, go, so. I had a, a I thought I was going to have, like... $50 in fines because I didn't return one single book once and it was like $10. It was like six bucks. And yeah. I was like, I've avoided the library for 10 years out of shame for $11. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, at some point they just give up. They're like, we don't care anymore. And they don't do, their fine system is different now too that they they don't do fines the same way oh, really? at all. That they, yeah. I think you get charged a replacement fee now if you mm. don't ever bring it, bring back, it back. But there's not like late fees. Late fees. So. Interesting. I just renewed my same book three times already. I'm like, I'm going to finish it eventually. <laughs> But anyways, we're joined by uh, a local author and many other things we'll hear about, I'm sure. But um, Elizabeth Fisher, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. No, I have two potential sales here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're talking Always to the gonna, that's a tip. There's an author for you. It's like, what? You you read and might like this? You got to buy a book. Yeah, this is that's a salesperson for you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So in front of us, we have... Stack of a stack we, yeah, of books. Yeah, we have nine of your books that you have written yes. that you told us before we started that you've written all of these since 2018, which I'm still a little in shock well, about. And That's as, a lot. As I wanted to tell you is it all started from a contest. Okay. My, uh, my partner who died four years ago um, was a retired English teacher, and she said to me in 2008, do you know how Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein? And I said, no, I mean, I'm not an English Mm -hmm. person. And and she said she did it because she and her future husband, Percy, and Lord Byron, and this other guy who I subsequently have discovered was a dentist, used to meet periodically, and they decided one time to have a contest of who could write the best spooky story. Mm -hmm. She had just had a nightmare a couple nights prior about Frankenstein, and so she wrote that, and of course the rest is history. Wow. So Sharon said to me, let's have a contest of which of us can write the best Christmas story oh. between the two of us. And she said, but here's the wrinkle. We each give the other the, uh, the premise. Oh. So she, since I had been in marketing, she said to me, write a, your premise is write a revised marketing plan for Santa for Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's and, amazing. <laughs> and I sat, truly, Becca, I sat down at the computer and eight pages poured out of my yeah. fingertips. I love it when and that I happens. And I showed it to her and she said, you win. <laughs> and I said, now, wait a minute, started, you've yeah. got to write. And she did write hers. What was hers? Um, I'm trying to remember the premise I gave her. It was something about her birthday party that she'd had, the people who had attended this birthday party. Oh, and she had okay. to get them back together in a different sort of way. And she did a good job. Um, but then I got interested after I did that. I liked the characters so much that I thought, I think I'm going to write. I had this idea what I thought was a short story mm-hmm. about this boy Alex Malone, who had always believed in Santa Claus, and he was 13 and getting bullied that he still believed. So he got mad and he dis- about being bullied, and he decided he was going to run an online contest to prove that Santa didn't exist. And he got all oh, kinds yeah. of 
he got all kinds of prizes and he was encouraging kids to stay up and be sh- and take pictures of their parents putting uh, presents underneath the tree mm-hmm. rather than Santa. So Santa approaches Eliza, who's a marketing person. Uh, no, no, no coincidence that it's kind of a derivation of Elizabeth. Right. At any rate, and, and, and says, <laughs> "Don't uh, read into it." <laughs> and, and says to her, "What do I do?" And she says, "Well, take him in the sleigh for three stops on Christmas Eve, and show him that you do exist." So, uh, I, 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 I sat down and I started piddling around with that, what I call that, every year f- from 2008, 2008 for a little bit. Every it get toward Christmas, and I'd write a little bit more. And finally, in 2018, I decided, you know, I'm finishing this. <laughs> I'm Just like you with the book, that 600-page book, I decided I am finishing that this this year. So at the beginning of November, I sat down, and I, I started writing. Um, and I thought I had about another 10 pages. I had written about 20 pages and I thought I had another 10 pages to write and so by the beginning of December I had written 58 pages and I looked at it and went wow this is a book (laughs) yeah (laughs) I really truly had thought it was a short story yeah you just accidentally wrote a book exactly (laughs) that's That's a good way to put it I (laughs) accidentally wrote a book I never thought of it that way before thank you (laughs) she's taking that for the future oh yeah that's the tagline that's the tagline thank you Dustin knows me too well (laughs) Um, so so then I went a couple weeks and I I kind of missed the characters and I thought mm-hmm. I had an idea of another book, not, no not another book another what I thought was a short another story, short, quote unquote short exactly. story exactly. Yeah. And this was about this was about the planet because I'm very concerned about mm-hmm. climate change, and and this was about how Santa on his way home on Christmas Eve his bag is getting lighter, and there he sees some trees that were left on the sales lot and didn't get a home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So he picks them up and brings them back to the North Pole. And over the next three months, they regrow the root ball. Now they can do things at the North Pole that we have never thought of doing, (laughs) obviously. And, And then in the spring, around Earth Day, they plant these trees because we need more trees on the planet to help us. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, uh, 10, 20 page short. I was absolutely certain this was a short story. (laughs) Well, I started that about a week or two before Christmas. By the end of February, I'd written 334 page book. Wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Could you imagine sitting down and writing a 334 page book? That's this one. So oh, yeah. and and the last and actually, Christmas tree. And it's called the last Christmas tree, even though Sharon said she thought that was not well named because it is the last Christmas tree Santa picks up for the season. Mm. And 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 it precipitates. Um it starts out that uh when he's putting it in his bag, teeny tiny elf oh and I forgot to tell you that I brought along teeny tiny elf too. Okay. Teeny teeny tiny elf said Eliza <laughs> and Santa said now we have to stop at Eliza's and pick her up because she's got to bring the take the tree out of the bag. <laughs> and he said, "Oops, that was a mistake." So she she tells he tells when they get to Eliza's, uh, uh, that's exactly what Teeny Tiny Elf tells her when he wakes her up. I made a mistake. Oh. And she said, "What did you do?" And he says, "I said your name when Santa was putting his tree into the bag, the last tree into the bag, and now you got to come with us to the North Pole, or the tree will die." <laughs> So she's she's saying, you know, it's Christmas Day. Do I really have to get up early? It's kind of cold out there, mm-hmm. and that's how the that's how the book starts. So that's why I called it the last Christmas tree. 
and it goes into a lot that I never ever anticipated. Yeah. Um, Sharon dubbed it uh, surprising twists and turns, Ooh. and it really does have a lot. Cool. And I say to everyone, uh, and it actually precipitated the series because at the end of it, um, she gets invited to be a part of a um, a project committee. And the project committee, what the project committee is attempting to do, is get humans to understand elementals. Uh -huh. Because elementals would like to help humans with the climate, because elementals live on this pro on this uh, earth too, just in a, in a different dimension. Mm -hmm. So, um, she says she'll join them and help them, and and then I realized I thought, oh my goodness, this is a series. Yeah. So not only did I have not a short story, but books, but I also now have a series about each different elemental. So the third one, which is called the Trapped Wizard, is about trolls. The fourth one, which is called Teeny Tiny Elf's Mistake, is about elves. The fifth one, which is called Riding the Rainbow, is about fairies. And there's a really interesting... I walked around the house for so many months when I was writing that book, thinking, oh my goodness, fairies love to ride the rainbow. What a concept. <laughs> and finally one day it hit me. That's the title, idiot. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why do I keep repeating this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And... So, but that was a lot of fun because they, you, that book teaches you a lot about color too. Mm -hmm. And why do we have color? Yeah. Um, and then the sixth one is called the healing touch and the seventh, and that's about uh, the body elemental, mm -hmm. which helps give all of us form. And the seventh one is called uh, the face of treachery. And that's about goblins, cool. which are truth tellers. Mm -hmm. uh, the the eighth one, which I just released last fall, is called The Disturbance. That's about leprechauns. And the ninth one, which I also released last fall, is called Mitka. And it's about tree divas and a lot about trees. That's awesome. You really get to understand trees are such an important pla plant, the most mm -hmm. important plant on planet Earth. For sure. And in so many different ways. And it tells, teaches you a lot about trees that you never learned before. Oh. So each of these books you learn about in the elemental group as well as there's an interesting storyline that keeps threading oh. through it. That's fun. Cool. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a, I, don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm bragging because I'm just astounded at how fast I write these. Like I, I, yeah. had, I wrote those three, the, the ones um, Riding the Rainbow, uh, The Healing Touch, and The Face of Treachery. Not last summer, but the summer before. Three 300-page books. Wow. It just astounds me. Last summer, I held it back to two 300-page <laughs> books. And I Had just self-control last I, summer. That's again. right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm finishing that one right now, and I'll have 10 and 11 out this year. Wow. But I appreciate being on the podcast today because I've decided I've been inspired by the elementals because they're so wanting to help the earth to begin an elemental earth week which i'm kicking Ooh. off um at the end of april now i'm doing it april 24th through may 1st and what i'm going to do is an author talk for each night for on zoom for six days if anyone wants to find out more about this go to monarchtreepublishing.com and that will tell them I give you the the Zoom link, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, monarchtreepublishing.com. And cool. that will be the way to find out about it. Um, and they'll learn. I plan to talk about um, particularly trees and tree divas, um, elves. And I, I ended up, as I went through, I, I assigned a particular word to each elemental group. And I, because of what they demonstrated to me that they were when mm -hmm. I was learning about them and, and sharing that information. Elves are helpers. They love to help, which is why they help Santa. 
they but they just love to help on anything fairies are tenders t-e-n-d-e-r they tend plants and fairies are amazing amazing creatures um trolls are protectors uh, i think unfortunately we tend to see thro- trolls as big and bad but they aren't they're just they're like big teddy bears. They're like big, wonderful, Cute. wonderful creatures. And they walk through rock. They actually ro- walk through rocks. They love rocks. They just <laughs> love them. Um, and now everybody's thinking, walk through rocks. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, leprechauns are leaders. And because they are the ones who have had the most impact on humans. They're the only elemental group that has bankers. And those bankers protect more than gold. You know, er, er, everybody thinks leprechauns have mm-hmm. a pot at the end of the rainbow. They don't. Um, but um, but they but they but they do protect a lot of valuable, and and not just uh, not just gold, but also they protect other minerals, things that we tend to think are valuable, mm-hmm. so that they cannot just get hoarded by someone. Gotcha. They're going to come after me for hoarding crystals. Probably. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> so the question I have, like you had said in the beginning, was like, um, you know, you care a lot about the environment and such, and like the elemental thing is not a thing that I know much about at all. So how does the first book that seems very, I guess, based on the description you give, just like a Christmas book, you mm-hmm. know, like like what it is, turn, like why, like what's your mental thing where it just goes... Well, I'm going to go into the elemental part of it as the series goes on. Like, what, what's the... Well, that actually precipitated, precipitated Dustin because of the, the second book. Because I, didn't, I had no clue. There's a lot that's in the second book, actually, that I had no clue of. In fact, there's a lot in the first book I had no clue of until I wrote it. It just came through. And um, it, um, John Stoneberg, who's a very good friend of mine, who used to run the Eau Claire Library, was the executive director, keeps saying to me, how do you plot these books out? I say, don't. They just they just come, and he can't quite get that. He keeps saying, "There, you must plot them out some way." Mm, it's right well, with your heart. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Yeah, and it just it just it, there was there's the big reveal in the second book. Truly came to me about two o'clock in the morning one night, and I said, "You gotta be kidding! Me. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is awful. This is just plain awful." <laughs> So how much uh, how much of your time is in your brain is just like taken over by by these books all I the time? I never clocked it, Dustin. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I can tell you, people say to me, "Oh, come on, you can't possibly." My acupuncturist is absolutely convinced I must I must be doing something to suspend time to write anything this fast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Except are, it just <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't sit here and claim to do that, but <laughs> I can I can tell you they write really fast. fast. I only say that because I never thought anybody could write a book that fast, especially me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't push it. I don't try. It just it just flows through. Yeah. Sure. That's cool. That is very cool. Um. So, yeah, like I, I think the question is, but I think we all know the answer is, so there's there, is this ever going to end or is it just going to keep going and going? <laughs> My until? guess is not until I die. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> At least it's so into it. Um. Another author has said to me, she thinks I write this because out of grief, and that could be. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say, because that was the other thing I was going to bring up, is like, it's just interesting to me that this all just happened, you know, six years ago. And of course, you said your partner's passing and stuff, and now Matt, yeah. and now like, there's this thing that you've later in life found yourself so attached to. So I wonder what that is. Well, the, the first two books Sharon edited, and it, she liked them. In fact, she gave me, in fact, she said about the first book, now she was a person you knew her. She didn't hand out compliments easily. And I say that truthfully. She really didn't. Mm-hmm. But um, she said, Trouble at the North Pole. 
she thought rivaled a Christmas Carol. She said, I think oh. this is a classic. Wow. And I said, wow, Sharon, if nobody ever reads it now, I've heard it. You know, you're saying that yeah. really was a huge compliment awesome. to me. Oh, and it so was. Um, so she added to the first two and she was halfway through edit. I was halfway through writing the third one, The Trap Wizard, when she died. Mm. And the last time I saw her, I got a chance to, in the midst of COVID, I got a chance to see her for an hour and a half before she died, which was wonderful. The best talk we'd ever had. Mm -hmm. But in that talk, I said, you know, this is one heck of a way to get out of editing. <laughs> <laughs> And she laughed about as hard as you did. <laughs> yeah. You could have just said you didn't want to edit. My yeah, my folks, this, is, this, seems, this seems drastic. You didn't have to go and die, but okay. <laughs> it's because she dramatic. Did, it's, it, it wasn't that book. It was the fact that she knew that this wasn't ending. Yeah. So. That's probably it, Dustin. She, know, no, she knew me too much. Well, and, and, oh no, what have I, what have I, what have I flicked on here that, right. that she's going to keep doing? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> It's probably, it's nice though to have somewhere to channel your energy though too when you, it is. you know, lose it is. Some, and I've been, that level of grief too. It's like, And, and it's nice I was telling Scott, I have a, um, I have an audio set up at home. I have a mixer mm -hmm. and, a, and a nice microphone. So I've been recording all of them too. Yeah, that's awesome. So I ha I'm offering them on my website, not only in print version, but also in recorded version. Awesome. And when an author records their, their work, it's easier. Mm -hmm. Um, because you hear the inflection from the audience. Yeah, it's point so much view. better to listen to the actual. Now I'm not doing it. what what Potter did with po the guy who did the Potter books, had 200 different voices. Oh, oh yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's I can't think right. of that guy's name. Yeah, yeah I don't I've even know how he possibly kept them separate. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Now, how do you sound like 200 different 200 people? Different, yeah, a lot of time in front of the mirror and listening to yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right. On the other hand, teeny tiny elf comes through really well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got the one down. One, yeah. <laughs> and that and that's all really that matters. I I I do a, I I try to make Santa a little deeper mm -hmm. and and it, when Mrs. Claus is showing up a little. Uh, slower because she tends to talk more calmly. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. But other than that, uh, the rest is just uh, just my voice. Mm -hmm. Sure. Interesting. Um, I prefer to listen to audiobooks that are read by their author, though. Like Same. I, I've don't think I've ever finished an audiobook that was read by somebody else. I agree. Uh, just because I, it's nice to hear the story from mm -hmm. the author's perspective mm -hmm. too, and the way that it that they. Uh, read through it is so different mm -hmm. yeah well yeah exactly i know that's why i remember when audible was becoming a thing and they kept getting like for the big books they'd get celebrities to come in and read mm -hmm. them like i have no interest in listening to this mm -hmm. voice i already know read a book that they have nothing to do with mm -hmm. other Unless than it's the their fact own that they paid them. yeah exactly like that's a, that's but different but right. yeah like i remember that being such a thing i'm so glad that went away because now it's almost hard to find people that it's not the author reading their mm -hmm. book mm -hmm. or else why would you why would you do it because mm -hmm. again you can get them little you just hear the passion, I guess, right. for lack of a better term, no, in the voice yeah. of an audio recording. Exactly. I also don't listen to audiobooks, though. No. <laughs> no, I can't do it. That's why I'm a podcast guy. Mm -hmm. I, I need to be able to zone in and out when I listen. Yeah. Audiobooks are too hard for me to, to, to focus fully my attention on, and I feel bad if I miss things. No, I get that. I, if I had a longer commute, I would probably listen to them more. I think that's it, too. Yeah. Sometimes I I can listen to them when I'm, like, doing things that I don't have to pay attention to the thing I'm doing yeah. as much. Right. Or, like, go on a road trip or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We'll listen to yeah, that's but. pretty. Yeah, it's interesting. The other thing I want to bring up, Elizabeth, that you spend the other half of your life doing that I find interesting or that we'd love to plug on here is you do, you're kind of the lead of Chippewa Valley Learning and Retirement. 
which yes. um, I think is a pretty well-established uh, organization in the Chippewa Valley yeah. at this point. It is I'd now. Say. It is. We have it's over very 800 cool. members. Yeah, which is always astounding to me. Yeah. I always, whenever I bring it up around like just people, because uh, we're recording at the Dunn County Historical Center right now, which is one of your spots that you host uh, your events and stuff at. Exactly. Um, and you've been here for at this location for over a decade, I think. Yes, the organization was actually started in 1994 by Ken Hines, who at the time was a professor at, at UW-Stout. And he was uh, going to retire. And when he started his final year, um, they, went, they were setting up their goals for the year. And he was asked, well, what do you want to do after you retire? And he said, I'd like to be involved in some organization that gives me an opportunity to keep learning. Mm. And so he worked on that and is the one who instigated. It was originally called Institute for Learning and Retirement. Yeah. And it was connected with Elder Hostel and also with Stout. Um, but then um, Sharon became president of it back in. Well, she actually, first of all, became secretary. And I'll tell you, Beck, I'll warn you, if you ever go anywhere, uh, don't bring a pen and paper because they invited her to a board meeting and she always used to take notes because she found by taking notes she could remember better, retain what she had heard. And they got done with the board meeting and people looked at her and said, would you like to be on our board? That's how you become secretary. That's how you become secretary. You're too good at note taking. That's exactly how she did. And she was secretary for 10 years and then she became president and was president the rest of her life. Um, and so she got me into it because she thought they needed someone to handle handle member services to to do the computer work and uh, data data yeah. work et cetera. So so I I took that over and then when she died I knew so much about the organization right. I wanted to be president because I wanted to be sure we were in the midst of COVID I w- wanted to be sure that I kept it viable and going because right. one of the things that can kill an organization is to have the president die, especially in the midst of uh, a, a pandemic like that, which right. was pre- preventing us from having classes because of the fact that we had the we had the number one age group that was targeted. Right. Um, and so we had to stop classes for a year. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an interesting, um, that was really interesting, Dustin. You're absolutely right. And we've, we've come back, though, and come back with a vengeance. We have 81 classes this term. Wow. And like I said, over 800 members. And, and I, I asked Dustin if we could do a podcast from a CVLR class this coming fall. thought that'd be a lot of fun. We can have the people in the audience talk a little bit. Mm. Oh, yeah. we've um, Please listen to our gonna, last episodes yeah. of live podcasts uh, a couple episodes Are we just going to become a live show? Podcast? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> Scott needs to get, like needs get prepped for it. <laughs> it's like, this is where he draws the line. It's like, actually, I think I'm going to retire now. <laughs> Well, and I know our members would really enjoy it because it would give them a chance to see how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. That's I, what we're up for. We're I, all I, about I, it. You know, I think a lot of people, I was telling Scott, I'd, I'd been in radio and, and sold radio and television, so I know how behind the scenes works mm-hmm. in both of those instances. And radio's podcasts a lot like radio. It's just not as restricted as far as time. Yeah, you know, Scott's saying we got to quit. Producing. That's what he always does yep. to us. We know <laughs> he gives us an extra long warning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're one of his longer podcasts. He's he's just over it at this point. <laughs> this, this is a running theme for those who listen all the time. They're pretty consistent. But I think to the average person, they don't see the background of uh, radio yeah, television. Of course. So I yeah. think our members would really enjoy that. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing you both again. Yeah, you too, Scott. Yeah, it, well, it'd be good, too, because then we can target some a guest or two that would be really interesting for mm-hmm. that group. But, yeah, I'm always astounded by the CVLR group, and I've told mm-hmm. so many people about it that there's this – because that is a, probably – you, know, you know, I'm not that age, but I'm sure that's a hard – 
that's a hard time in life to well, think like when you're at retirement age that say you lose your spouse or you move because of, of retirement. So you do move and you have to make new friends or so it's, it's the learning part of it, but it's also, Hey, there's a bunch of other people that want to learn part, like me yeah. and there's a social part and we, we get to meet people. We have, um, uh, we have our, uh, our, all of our members have a common, uh, characteristic and that's that they're all intellectually curious. Right. Um, and so very much like you, but you're right, Dustin, very much like your kid's age at two and six, when you get older, you're losing, you're losing something. Sometimes you're aging out of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your friends are, or sometimes they pass away or sometimes a lot of people move to be near their kids. Right. So we have people moving out, but we have people moving in mm-hmm. and they often, they pretty much, we grow very organically. So um, people tell all their friends. In fact, I've had a couple people just join uh, because their friends said join, just Put oh, it in, right? Sweet. Join yeah. and sign up. And and that's what works the best because also very much like kids who are younger, people like to go places with their friends. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, and so... Um, yeah, if, you never if, outgrow that. Right. Yeah. Everybody right. wants to go play with their we friends. Had one, exactly. <laughs> no matter how old you are. Exactly. We had one instance where there was uh, years ago where we, in 2010, where it, the Leader Telegram ran a two-page spread on on Chippewa Valley Learning and Retirement. And we got so many people who came in and just said, this sounds interesting, and just bought a membership. But they never stuck. Mm Because they didn't have anybody to be with. They didn't really know how it worked. Yeah. And so we we find that uh, coming and knowing friends makes a big, big difference. Oh, of course. I did, I think I did one or two presentations for the group years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember I think it was here, actually, that I did one of them. But I, I still to this day remember that that is the most engaged group and the group that asked me the hardest questions which i appreciate it you get the same questions when you do presentations generally but to get a question that actually makes you stop and be like what is the answer to that? <laughs> like i gotta think about that for a second like well, I, I love doing that that's kind of one stuff. thing yeah. all of our presenters share they come out of the presentation saying wow Mm-hmm. What an engaged group, and do they ever ask tough questions? Yeah, yeah. Like I had, I had a guy from. It's nice the, to be stumped once in a while, yeah. honestly. When you, I had a guy from the again. Federal Reserve come and give a pres- presentation to a class once, and he said, "You know, I only have about a half an hour, and we allow an hour and a half because yep. because we ask questions." Um, and I said, don't worry about it. They'll fill it in. And he only did have about 20 minutes, but they filled a, an hour and a half, and I had to stop the class. They all came yeah. with notebooks of questions. They're like, we have a lot of things we need to cover yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got to realize a lot of our people were professionals, were either in the education or the medical community. Okay. And so they're they're accustomed to yeah. <laughs> asking questions. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's a fun group. It is a fun group. So yeah. So uh, as we wrap up, where so for, we'll do both. So Monarch Tree Publishing mm-hmm. is where you can get the book. So MonarchTreePublishing.com. Exactly. Right. Um, Chippewa Retirement. If people are interested, where do they where do they go? What do they do? Well, there's a go to cvlr.org. Okay. Or Chippewa Valley Learning Retirement.org. Either one online will give you all kinds of information about how to join, how to register, what our classes are this term. Like I said we had 81. We have 20 coordinators, and they've done just a spectacular job. They always do, but this term, I, you know, I get to these superlatives keep going. I keep saying the same ones. Wow, you guys <laughs> did a great job. And our members feel the same way. And so, yeah, that's how they can. Thank you, Dustin. That's a good idea. Yeah, good plug. Is yeah, there any plug. Um, topic you're specifically excited about in this term that you think everybody's looking forward to, or is there just a good mix? Well, I could tell you the ones we've had to turn people back from. Sure. There, there's a new trolley in Eau Claire that we said oh, we scheduled yeah. four rides, four rides, four booked, different times. Yeah. <laughs> it filled, and we could have filled it probably three times. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. 
So That's yeah, pop- I could see that being a popular mm-hmm. one. Well, and we and we tend to like anything oh. about Native Americans. Oh, okay. We scheduled the Native American talk at the new Chippewa Area History Center, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful place, but they don't have any huge. Well, like when I say it's huge, I mean something that accommodates a hundred to two hundred people. Right. And so we had over a hundred people sign up, and they found enough space that we could. S- squeeze in 65. Wow. But we have still have more people and the, the, the registrations are still coming in. That's amazing. So they'll come in because we don't put it, we don't put a solid end date on when they can register. Yep. As long as it's before it's the class, full. that's all yep. we care. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Well, as we wrap up here, um, we ask the same two questions to every single guest that comes on, which um, I think you don't because you've listened to an episode or two. Um, so I'll ask my question is, um, what's a movie that makes you feel some sort of emotion? I remember you saying that. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's a wonderful life. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I watch it every year. Sharon could not understand that, but I just watch it every year because <laughs> because of what he went through and, and how. And I, I don't know if you know this, Dustin. You're such a movie buff. Um, Stuart actually was coming out of having served in World War II. Or World War One, he was, he had served in the in in the in the service anyway, been sure. in service, and he got PTSD really bad. So some a couple of those places where he gets really angry, he he poured his PTSD into that movie, oh. and if you watch it with knowing that, you can see that he, that some of that anger was just really interesting. Real. I haven't watched it so wonderful life. And for a long he time. he came out at the, when they got done filming it. He came out cured. Of, well, I don't know if you say cured, but he had moved past his PTSD. He managed to deal with it after that. Wow, interesting. So I I found that fascinating. I learned that about three or four years ago, and I watched it that with that in mind since and thought yeah, wow you can really see yeah that's cool yeah huh. i'll have to remember that next time it's a movie mm. i should rewatch. yeah same. um my question is what good food have you eaten lately oh too much good food <laughs> that's the right answer that's what i want to hear yeah good that's, that's becca's prime answer yeah exactly we that's have, best case we scenario. have a person who gives our cooking class we have three cooking classes every term okay um and her name is monica nichols and she's from nap and she's the trained culinary chef and she is so and she loves dealing with us, That's you awesome. know, people who know too much and yep. know a lot about cooking. And she doesn't have a problem with it at all. And pe- people come, they're fans of hers. They always learn something new. I learn something new. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, too much good food. Yeah. I, I I just enjoy a lot of a, a broad too. spectrum. <laughs> me too. And I, I sadly, you can see it my on, favorite hobby. <laughs> sadly, you can see it on me. But I would nah. like to say one thing. Thank you so both so very much for inviting me today. I appreciate being able to come here and yeah. talk about my books and talk about Elemental Earth Week and talk about Chippewa Valley Learning and Retirement. Yeah, thanks. For oh yeah, well, being thank you for here. coming on. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, people can check out some of your cool stuff you've got going on, um, and. They can follow our podcast uh, at the Manon Pod on both Facebook and Instagram. Our website is themanonpod.com if you want to learn more about us or sponsor our show. Um, until next time, we'll see you later.